I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. We're all looking for Christmas, and some of us are looking in the wrong places. Just figure that out. This year's most popular Christmas present, according to the papers, are widescreen TVs and cars. Wow, pretty stylish, Santa. And I must admit, if something like that were to show up under my tree, I would not say, no, no, Santa, that's way too materialistic. Take it back. Give me a little toy truck. Peace on earth and the sound of a little child's laughter. But, you know, some of the presents that I remember best weren't really very expensive. I went to a Catholic grammar school, and the last day before Christmas vacation, Father O'Connell would come around to all the classes and give everybody his little cardboard box with a picture of Christmas wreaths on the outside and sticky green and red candy on the inside. The candy was awful. You could use it for a weapon on the playground, you know, but like holding a roll of quarters in your fist. I think the school must have bought it by the truckload every 10 years and stored it in between, but it was the most magnificently delicious candy because it meant Christmas was really coming. The year I turned 10, Santa brought me my own portable radio. It sure started something going in my life. I turned it on that Christmas, and I don't think I found the off button until about five years later. It was a, a dollar watch one year, and a puppy from the pound that we named Whistle another year. That was a lesson in growing up when Whistle was hit by a car a couple of years after that. One year, my mom made Wonder Wench and me a couple of her secret recipe apple dumplings for Christmas. A couple of years ago, she gave us the two very old framed pictures from her own living room. One of them was a picture of my dad when he was this handsome young guy. The other was taken when she was a beautiful young woman holding her first baby. That was me. Mom left us that spring. Merry Christmas, Mom. Give Dad a kiss for us. Wonder Wench and I have a, a bit of a, a custom. Well, we have a lot of customs, but one of the things is we always put our tree up the Sunday before Christmas. And just unwrapping the decorations is kind of a present. We take our time with that because most of ours have seen a lot of Christmas Eves. It's a little Santa doll that has to be nearly 100 years old. It comes from her family. It's kind of tall and gangly, little like her father used to look. And there's a finely crafted German Christmas ball that once hung on my grandfather's tree in Germany. But a decoration that will be unwrapped most carefully again this year. Just a jagged star has been at the top of our Christmas tree for a very long time. I cut it out of cardboard and I wrapped it with Reynolds wrap a long time ago. Now, obviously, every tree needs a star on top. And we didn't have enough money to buy one at the store that year. Who would have thought that it would still be with us after all of the kids and the jobs and the moves and the laughs and the tears? There's something very comforting about the ritual of putting old decorations on a Christmas tree. It's like your parents and your grandparents and friends that you haven't seen in a lot of years and may never see again get to wish you a Merry Christmas one more time. And you do it back for them. 
I was supposed to put Wonder Wench out of my life one Christmas. I tried very hard, but didn't work. I just had to see her. And I went without calling first, and I found her sitting alone, writing. She wasn't feeling very much like Christmas. But I made her go out, and we, we bought a tree, and we put it up together. And that's the first time I saw her look the way she does when we go for our Christmas flight. See, sometime between now and the next pod program, my lady and I will find a perfect night, and we'll go for our Christmas flight. We have a little four-seat airplane. It's the kind that flies low and slow. And we started a custom a few years ago. We pick a calm, moonlit night on the week before Christmas, and we go for a flight. We go looking for the Christmas spirit, that feeling inside that makes this time of year so special. We live near Philly, and the city lights are almost blinding from a couple of thousand feet in the sky. But then you go out toward the suburbs, and you get to some of the smaller towns, and it's more of like a twinkle flying over those towns. And there's some farmhouses a little farther out with a a single light in the window. And sometimes you can see a a car down there and lights going along. And if you look really carefully, sometimes an Amish wagon is is wandering down the road with a a little lantern in the back. There are farmhouses with a, a single light in the window. And sometimes there's the reflection of moonlight on new fallen snow, as the poem says. My buddy Al says we go looking for Santa's sleigh, but that's not true. Santa comes complete with jingle bells and lots of jolly ho-ho-hos. But our Christmas flight isn't like that at all. It's quiet. It's like magic. My lady's very beautiful, so there is a temptation to say that I'd like you to see her in a moonlit cockpit looking like little girl in big pilot headphones, smiling as Christmas passes under our wings. But you know what the truth is? The truth is, I'm glad I'm the only man to have ever seen her look quite like that. Ha! Got you, Christmas. That's what you're really all about, that look. My lady and I have had a lot of Christmas Eves together, a lot of children's questions, a lot of tears and laughs. And it's all there in that look. And I remember how it started. Bike bells, doorbells, typewriter bells, fire bells, alarm clock bells. Bells trickle through the calendar, tinkling down the days almost ignored until November dies. And then the school bells, timer bells, cash register bells all sing the sound of the season. Big bells, baby bells, telephone bells, telephone bells. They are the ones that give a glisten to the silver Christmas air. It was in an icicled outdoor telephone booth with the door frozen open and a small snowdrift in the coin return slot that I called to ask if you wanted to go Christmas shopping. And you said yes, in a voice that curled around and into my ear moist and warm from inside you. It was like slowly pressing my foot into a warmed, fur-lined bedroom slipper. That was the first time I ever really enjoyed the bustle of shopping. And when we finished, we stood in the brilliant cold to watch the flashing Christmas tree lights in the park. The reflections made candlelit stained glass windows of your eyes. And right there, in the swirl of gold wrapping paper and red ribbon bows and the tumble of the hustling crowd while your arms were trapped 
under the bundles of Christmas gifts that we just bought. I said, Merry Christmas, and kissed you. It took you by surprise. You flicked your eyelashes wide enough for me to look at something that few women ever show a man. For as long as it took my breath to melt the snowflake from your wind-tangled hair, you slipped out of the delicate black lace of feminine mystery. Your eyes fed me the full, round, warm honey of your most personal love. And I think it was just my breath that painted pink frost crystals on your cheek. You just closed your eyes and stood there in an almost holy silence. And that's how we rode home that blizzard night, the car's heater thawing the scent of green pine from your fur collar. We were so close that I didn't even want the crunching of footsteps in the snow between us. So I carried you from the car to the house, the flowered tops of your nylons blooming in the snow falling on my corduroy coat sleeve, the jingle bells of my keys sounding the start of our first Christmas together. After unbuttoning our snowy clothes and rubbing our backs on the black velvet dark of our quiet room, you pressed the pink curves of your breasts and shoulders to my chest. You said it made you warm. That's called Christmas Warm. It's from the Love and Touch personal audio CD. It's a very old story about something that happened between two very young people a long time ago in a park in Boston. And now it's time to wrap it up carefully again and tuck it away. Like we'll do with that skinny old Santa Claus looks like Wonder Wench's dad. And that beautiful glass ball that hung on my grandfather's tree. What have we learned? Well, you may want to think twice about giving a 10-year-old his own radio for Christmas because he could disgrace the family by growing up to be a disc jockey. Then what would you do? We've learned there are some great poems and stories and songs about Christmas. You knew that anyway. But there really aren't any words that are special enough in those stories or poems. or There really isn't any music that's special enough to describe it. But there is... A look. So if there's someone you're not supposed to love in your life, you better be very careful about walking in a park with her at Christmas. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. 
good night.